Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I pray today that you are making the Kingdom Influencing Podcast your favorite drive time podcast we've been having a wonderful time as we've been sharing and talking about developing a kingdom mindset and we'll be talking about the new testament church and it's been impressed upon my heart to really make sure that as we start churches as we are in churches that are in operation currently that we line up with the original intent that god had for the church when he originally started the church and i I just pray that we become the governing body. We become the people of God. I literally pray that we really begin to have the kind of conscientious relationship with God that causes us to turn from our ways, whatever they are, whatever things have become a hindrance in our life as it relates to a direct relationship with God, whatever cancels our worship or corrupts our communication or causes us not to be in the place where God would have us to be. My prayer today is that we reel those things in, that we ask God for the kind of constructive help that we all need for we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but that we also all have a desire to love God with our whole heart, mind, and soul. So let's pick up with part two of developing a kingdom mindset. How do you develop a kingdom mindset? It starts very simply for me. If we go to Philippians chapter 2, verse uh, 5, and just read a little bit of this, I think it makes it very clear. Listen to these first few verses. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men 
and being found in appearance as men, and he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let's stop right there. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in me. Look at this. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. The firstborn, the only begotten of God. I am. And we talk about the first Adam. The first Adam was created. But this, this Adam, the second Adam, Jesus Christ is referred to as the second Adam. He was born. And he leaves majesty. He leaves royalty. He leaves equality with God and takes on the form of a man and takes no reputation and becomes a bondservant. A bondservant. You know what a bondservant is? A bondservant is literally someone who has been freed from the bondage of slavery. And yet, because of their relationship with their master, they decide that I'm going to still serve you, but this time... It's not by coercion. It's not because you're making me do it. It's simply because I love you. And I want to be a part of whatever it is that God is doing or what the master was doing. So, and I'm looking at it from the perspective of Jesus wanting to be a part of whatever God was doing, regardless of the sacrifice that had to be made in order to save humanity. You, we have to really look at that. So, if we're going to really take on the mind of Christ, then we have to move from a selfish motivation because many of the things that we all do in life are selfishly motivated. It's for our own ambition. If we speak truth, we now let me stop right here. If I was to move any further in this without us acknowledging where we are and asking you, as I literally ask myself, be true to thine own self, be real. Be 100, as they say today. Be who you are. Know who you are. Know what your limitations are. Know the things that keep you from becoming the man or woman of God that God have called you to be. And address them. And address them. So, if you will, we're going to dress down in this conversation so that we can dress up. Because in order to get the mind of Christ, like Christ, he left royalty and he dressed down to put on no reputation. To put on the image of men to be a bond servant. So he did not consider himself. He considered the woes of humanity and that if he did this for his father, that he could redeem humanity. I know we don't look at life like that. I know we don't look at redeeming people and so on and so forth. But if we truly love God, look at how much the son loved God. And the son loved God so much that whatever the father asked him to do, he would do it. Now, that element within itself is the true essence of worship, being obedient to God, regardless of whether or not we want to do it or not, doing what God asked us to do. And we, we hear God, we read the word, we hear God speaking to us and just doing it regardless of the consequences that we think we're going to have to encounter. Because many times God have already made a way out of no way so that you can do what he's called you to do. And I'm not saying it always comes with minimal consequence or it always comes with no uh, corresponding uh, reaction to what you've done. But what I am saying 
is that when we do the will of the Father, God is pleased and it demonstrates a true heart of worship. When we do the will of the Father, it pleases God and demonstrates a true heart of worship. For worship is not just what we do on Sunday morning with our hands lifted up or Wednesday with our heads lifted down and on our knees, but worship is the very act of what we do as human beings on a daily basis. And we learned that last week when we were listening to part one, we have to consider our, our lives to be sacred. So the sacredness of God has nothing to do with whether or not you work on a secular job, because we can work on quote unquote, a secular job and still live sacred before God, before man, because we worship him in everything we do. In Christianity, true work is your worship. So when you do everything unto the glory of God, it demonstrates your love for God and it also makes your work your worship. Are we, are we coming together on this? So then our lifestyles have to be such that God can see himself shining through us. Mm -hmm. So the first part of loving God with our whole heart and our whole mind and our soul and with all our strength, the first part, the first thing we need to do is to really see what does it take to love God with our whole heart, mind and soul and with all of our strength. The second part is very simple. And it comes, the reason we have to live a sacred lifestyle, the reason, and, I'm, and then sacred doesn't mean that you're just walking around singing, holy, holy, holy is our God. No, and he is holy and, and it's a great song, but that's not what sacred means. Sacred means a life that we have dedicated to God. That means we try to, to the very best of our ability to live a life that pleases God. And secondly, that does not take away our influence by living a life that isn't pleasing to God. In other words, when we do crazy stuff in our job and say crazy stuff out of our mouths, corrupt communication, all of that kind of stuff, living a lifestyle that is contrary to being in church, it causes people to walk away from the cross. In other words, someone told me this a long time ago, we may literally be the only Bible that people see. So that's why we are referred to in the scripture as a living epistle. We are a living, breathing word of God walking in the earth as we live out our lives in a way that's pleasing to God. We are letting our light shine before men. They're seeing our good works and they're glorifying our father in heaven, or we're hiding the light and people are seeing our bad works because good, the opposite of good is bad. They're seeing our bad works and they're saying, why would I want to serve a God who sends this person as a representation of who he is? All right. So we want to be very careful about how we treat other people. So we want to learn to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And you know how we love ourselves. Matthew 5, 16 says this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your father in heaven. We must be mindful of how we conduct our lives in public and in private. Some people look sterling in public, but their lives are shabby in private. We need to let our public and private lives mirror each other to the best of our ability. And yes, you're not going to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfection in Christ except for Christ himself. This is not the plea. 
The plea is to live to the best of your ability in a way that is consistent with someone who loves Jesus and who has Jesus in their heart as both their Lord and their Savior. See, the problem is with many people is they have Christ in their heart as their Savior, but he is not Lord. Because when he's Lord, he is in absolute control. And that may be a struggle for all of us, keeping him on the throne as Lord. But that's what the power of repentance is. We repent of our sins. We ask God to help us. We turn from our sins. And we have to ask God in humility, help me to get through this season. Help me. I, I'm flat on my face. I can't do this, Lord, without you. Help me to overcome the things that are conquering my soul and my spirit. We just ask God. In the name of Jesus and know that God will help us do what we need to do. Third thing, we must be mindful of how we conduct our lives in public. I said that already. Fourth thing, we cannot be a public success and a private failure. Okay? Because it's not what people say about you as much as it is what God says about you. And God knows who we really are. And we can only pretend to love God to a certain extent. So make sure that our, again, your private lives and public lives will line up together. Why? Number five, character counts. And it cannot be turned on and off like a water spigot. I'm saved today. I'm not saved tomorrow. I'm saved for this period. I'm, I'm not saved anymore. No. Salvation has to run through us. And, and there's a constant war going on between the flesh and the spirit. I'm very clear on that. But the spirit will win out when that's the desire of our heart, when we ask God for help. That is the failure of Adam. He did not call on the Father when he was being attacked by the greatest disposition and imposition that he had ever faced in the context of his life, and that was being deceived and being put off by Satan. He needed to call on the Father. And the same way, we need to humble ourselves and say, hey, I can't do this on my own. I need to call on the Father. Call on the Father. Now, the sixth thing is that we want to make sure that we understand that as we read the scripture, that God is giving us an opportunity to be mentored by him. When we read scripture, we are being mentored by God. So Jesus can disciple us from the pages of scripture. He is our mentor, we are his mentee. He is our teacher or rabbi, and we are his student disciple, okay? So then he asks us to make sure that we understand the relationship that it requires of us. And it's very simple. It's very simple. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So God wants to give you rest because many of us are tired. This time that we're living in is wearing us out. We're tired, but God wants to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He literally just wants us, if I was to put this in pedestrian terms, so that we can understand a holy writ, it simply means hook up with me. Let me carry the bulk of the burden. Let me help you do what it is you're trying to do. Let me make sure, let's let's get some things straight because you may have to make some adjustments because if you hook up with me, I'm going to lead. And if you allow me to lead, I promise you that my yoke will be easy and the burden will be light 
because being with me will make your burden light. I will put no more on you than you can bear. So let's just walk this thing out called life together. Let me carry the bulk of the load. You carry the light part. Follow me and we'll get this thing done. And that's essentially what God wants us to do. So this is it. And I hope that this session just helps us to really look back and say, hey, let me let me do this thing over again. Let me get a do over. Some of us need a do over in our faith. And today you have the opportunity to repent, to hear what has been said today and say, hey, God, let's get a do over. Let's do this again. I want to be onboarded properly through your word. And remember, that's simply this to read and study the word of God. So you study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We want to learn the culture of the kingdom because you cannot grow a church if you don't understand the kingdom of God. And understanding the kingdom of God is a lifelong pursuit. Lord, as we close this podcast today, I, I pray that you would hear our hearts that you would wash us in the blood of the lamb, that you would purge us with hyssop, that you would make us white as snow. We humble ourselves, Lord God, in a way that only you know how. For Lord God, we cannot do this thing without you. The Bible clearly says that without you, we can do absolutely nothing. And so we are based in our thought and our mindset, Lord God, and ask you to allow Jesus Christ to come into our life and be the Lord of our life, but also to be our savior. Lord, be our Lord, give us guidance, direction, guide our paths, guide our steps, enable our hearts, Lord God, to live in a way that is pleasing in your sight. And Lord, we will bless you in hopes that we will bring you honor, glory, and grace all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Make sure that you go and influence the nations. God bless.